This is the one. This is it. This is the fucking podcast of all podcasts. Podcast. Podcast. It's the motherfucking holy grail. Holy grail. It's like. It's like. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack. Our teenagers. You are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. <laughs> This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back again. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back again. What up, y'all? What's going on? Welcome to the GTFOH podcast, episode number 32. My name is Recognized. My friends call me Records, Billboard Baggins if you're nerdy, Billy Baggins if you're nasty, and we are back two-week break. Uh, I had to go to Kansas City real quick and shoot some videos. Uh, We got shot some uh, music videos for the Mayday Project. Uh, We shot two videos for Burn Solo Project out here doing the work. Um, And what a tumultuous-ass trip for me it was. I got sick right before we left. I caught a little... It was not the Rona, but uh, I got... I think I got a cold, a lot of flu. It wasn't Rona-like, but it was... It was Rona light. I put it that way. Uh, but yeah, I was feeling like shit and I had, to, I had to still like go and do the thing. And then it took me a week to get right. And then I like started suffering like stomach pains on my on the second half of the journey. I'm falling, fucking falling apart. That's really what it is. I hope you guys have enjoyed the music and the live shows and the podcasts and uh, the live streams and all that shit's out of here. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm just, just fucking pack me up, you know, put me out the pasture or whatever. It's a fucking rap for your boy, all right? No! Fuck that. I'm here to fight the good fight, all right? I'm not going anywhere. God damn it. You're gonna have to pry me screaming from this fucking rock, all right? I got a lot more shit to do. I just heard the master for the Pressure Point album, the final sequence laid out, all mixed mastered and everything with the shine on it, and it's fucking... Uh, It made me want to stay on the planet even longer. Um, It's the best work I've ever done. I'm very excited for you guys to all hear it. I didn't know what rearranging the EPs after I had put them together in EP format into the album format was going to feel like. And I like it a lot. It feels like a new ride. It feels like it's going to be for the people that got familiar with the EPs. You're going to like you had that journey with those songs. But now the songs work off each other in a completely different way. And I'm super excited about it. So pressure point. First and foremost, drops November uh, 6th, I think. Yeah, 11-6. drops November 6th. Uh, the pre-order is up right now at strangemusicinc.net. You can pre-order. Uh, comes with a hard copy of, this, of the disc, a CD copy of the album uh, with a sticker, Strange Music decal. Also, there's a signed booklet and uh, a T-shirt as well, like a pre-order exclusive T-shirt. So if you want to get down and you want to support the movement, uh, please go to strangemusicinc.net, pre-order Pressure Point. You got a little under a month before it drops. And uh, and then, you know, for everybody else, uh, it will be on streaming platforms November 6th. 
All right. And um, the EPs will disappear in their current form. So enjoy them as long as you want for the next month. After that, the album is there will be no EPs, only album. No Dana, only Zool. Um, <coughs> I'm dying. All right, let me, let me, before we get into it, let me say what's up to the one and only, my monthly supporters. Now, I know some people hit me up, they're a little confused about the monthly supporters that get shout outs on this show. If you're a member of my Wrecking Crew on Patreon, um, that is separate from the podcast. You know, it's a separate entity, if you will. So if you want to get shouted out on the podcast, uh, you got to become a monthly supporter. The way to do that is wherever you're listening to this podcast, look in the description and hit the link and you can subscribe uh, and support the show monthly for 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99. And you get a shout out on the show. You become, you know, part of the GTFOH world. So let me say what's up to my supporters right now. I uh, love you guys. Thank you for keeping me going. Let me say what's up to Aina, Jan V, Amanda, Jessica, Daniel, Declan Johnston, Lucas, Christina, Brandon, Knows what up, Voice of Silence. Check out his new single, Temple to Castle Fire. Uh, Paul Reed, what up? Cat Will, Tony, Dylan, uh, Samantha, aka Sam So Tiny, aka Restart the Motherfucking App, uh, Julio, Connie, Adam Rostein, family. I see you, bro. Thank you. Uh, Kaylee, Sean, Nicole, Latasha, Robert, Stella, Sadlock, Justin, Casey. Janelli, Nick, Randy, Brandon, Denny, Gagne, aka the Statman, aka French for Win, Austin, uh, Norm, and uh, Stelly, uh, Stelly, Stella, 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 and Cody. So shout out to the monthly supporters of the show. You guys keep us going. I appreciate you more than you know. I hope you didn't miss us too much, or I hope you missed us a lot. Fuck that. Um, it was a long two weeks. All this dumb shit going by in the world, and we couldn't even fucking talk shit about it. I fucking miss this. I miss this. So without further ado, when you, you know, when you have a stressful fucking couple of weeks, it's only one thing that you can really, like, turn to the world and say. You drop your pants, you fucking lay it out on the table, <laughs> and you say, give me some head. Lines. At 11, pay more at the grocer, but getting less will tell you how to get the most. The fuck are you doing? We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. All right, let's get right into it. I love me some headlines. Um, a lot of crazy shit. Shit, this week is a ton of submissions. You guys sent me a bunch of submissions, so fucking good on you i felt like you know what i've been on break for too long but you know a little further break won't hurt fuck it let me you know take more submissions this week let you guys do the fucking work yeah you know i mean uh first and foremost right off the rip uh we're gonna i think it's anchorage um if i'm not mistaken anchorage alaska i think i don't know they're not very specific on where this is at but the headline reads dentist charged after pulling patient's tooth 
on a hoverboard. <laughs> ah! Back in January, Seth Lockhart was found guilty on 46 charges against him. The charges included Medicaid fraud, reckless endangerment, and unlawful dental acts, which would equate to tooth extractions at will. Uh, perhaps most notable of all is the fact that this overwhelming amount of evidence was often supported and often in excruciating detail. They have texts, photos, videos, the whole fucking works. Bills over $200 million for intravenous sedation without proper justification were charged by both him and his former office manager, Shauna Cranford. Last year, Cranford took a consolidated plea agreement on 40 charges. Goddamn! trial began November 12, 2019, and Lockhart's defense attorney apologized for his client's behavior. He said that Lockhart felt remorse for his actions. Uh, however, the defense attorney, Paul Stockler, did argue that the dentist uh, and his manager did not, in fact, falsify all of the Medicaid claimed that they were accused of falsifying. Now, months later, he's been officially sentenced to 12 years after his hoverboard tooth extraction. Hello. Uh... <laughs> I'm like, they just brush over that and don't even really like talk about what what that even means. I guess. All right. He took somebody's tooth out on a fucking hoverboard. Um, uh, oh man. Seth Lockhart was in Anchorage Superior Court facing dozens of charges from his scooting. Hello. While working to the insurance uh, fraud, removing while working to the insurance fraud and removing teeth without patient's permission. Goddamn. Back in January, Lockhart was convicted of reckless endangerment, illegally practicing dentistry, hello, and medical assistance fraud. Um, yeah, uh, Wolverton, I guess that's a prosecutor, uh, is basically saying uh, this quote, which I loved. In reviewing all this over and over again, I have this visceral response. You darn near killed some people. Hello. Um... Veronica Wilhelm, Wilhelm gave the court her testimony and the former patient was sedated when Lockhart performed the tooth extraction via hoverboard in July 2016. He even had the gal to throw, uh, he even had the gall, hello, I'm just, can you tell I've been off for two weeks? Yeah, he even had the gall to throw his hands up in the air on video while riding away from the procedure on his board. This dude is the worst. He allegedly texted a video of the stunt to at least eight people joking that it was a quote new standard of care hit me with a fucking i've been off for two weeks but people are fucking retarded stamp real quick get the fuck out of here, here. here. ah that felt good didn't it oh that felt wonderful let's do it again get the fuck out of here. here ah yes it's been too long uh but we are back all right and now we're going down to louisiana louisiana y'all all right now uh, Louisiana priest arrested for alleged threesome on the church altar. Tisk tisk tisk. A Louisiana priest who was arrested for obscenity last week was allegedly caught having sex with two dominatrices on the altar of his church. A uh, witness in Pearl River, which is northeast of New Orleans, uh, called police on September 30th after allegedly viewing Reverend Travis Clark, who's 37 years old, uh, through a window engaged with two high-heeled, corseted women. <gasps> oh my God. Clark was allegedly partially dressed in his priestly attire. Fire! This guy was like, I'm gonna get my eyes wide shut on. Mm, eyes wide shut, fucking pusses wide open. Hello! Um... Sorry, guys. I've been off for a couple weeks. It's uh, you guys. You gotta get get with me as I get my 
You know what I'm saying? I get my decency levels back on. Uh, the group had allegedly set up stage lighting and appeared to be recording this encounter on a cell phone. Damn. They were like, yo, the iPhone 12 camera is amazing. This is high depth. Holy shit. We got to make a movie with this. It's called Two Sluts and a Priest. Um, two girls and a... Two girls and a... Damn, I got nothing. Fuck. I'm so rusty. That's it. I quit the show. It's over. Um, the witness became said they became suspicious when noticing the lights at St. Saint Peter's and Paul Roman Catholic Church uh, that, were, that the lights were on. She saw some lights and she was like, that's suspicious. Nobody does things in the church at this hour. The alleged incident was recorded by the witness and then showed to police. Uh, we got a mug shot that looks like it was not meant to be taken. Low quality. And he looks like... This is this is y'all. I'll be, if the people who go to this fucking parish, I'll be like, this is y'all priest. This is the dude that you think is their connection to God. Holy shit! Uh, Clark, who's been the pastor at the church since last year, was arrested for allegedly having sex in a publicly visible location. The two accused women, Mandy Dixon, 41 years old, and Melissa Chang, 23 years old. Hello, saucy. Uh, oh, Dixon is a, an adult film actress, and she works as a dominatrix, according to the New Orleans Advocate. Social media post from Dixon the day before her arrest said she was going to New Orleans to meet another dominatrix and, quote, defile a house of God. Shots fired. Uh, Clark was also the chaplain of a nearby Catholic high school, which I'm pretty sure that job is over. He was ordained as a priest in 2013. The Archdiocese of New Orleans said it suspended Clark on the day of his arrest. Uh, and the quote is, what upsets me is, why did he have to do that there? Because he could do it somewhere else. Yeah. Town council member Cat Wall said, I'm upset for all of this. The parishioners of the church, I mean, why there? Archbishop Greg Amon went to the church days later to see if he could smell his finger. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, he went to the church days later for a church ritual to restore the altar sanctity. No. <laughs> let me let me tell Hey. I want to I want to ask a question to Archbishop Greg Amond, all right? If I come over to your house and then I jerk off on that couch, right? And I just you know fucking hit hit the couch with a little a little load or whatever, right? Now, if I was you, I would throw that couch away because if the fucking exorcist himself walked in and said the power of Christ compels this couch the power there's no way in hell there's no holy water nothing not oxyclean nothing is saving that piece of fucking furniture altar nothing my advice would be get rid of that altar all right nothing is fucking saving that altar now imagine the people that go to that church that read this story when they go to that church you're not going to want to be up touching that altar or anything. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, and put your hand here to, uh, to praise the, the name of the Lord. And you're like, um, nah, I'll just, I'm, I'm going to praise the name of the Lord back, back in the back of the house. Fuck that. Um, yeah. So apparently they did a church ritual. I would love to see what that is. Uh, what's the church ritual? Is it just that they like, uh, he blesses like a tub of bleach and they just throw bleach over the altar? That's my guess. On the same day as the arrest, another New Orleans priest, Reverend Pat Whitting, Whittingney, uh, revealed he had allegedly sexually abused a minor in 2013. Goddamn. What the fuck? You see, this is why I have no religion and no politics on my goddamn show. Uh, Clark had taken over the chaplain position at the high school for Wattingy. Oh, he was the last priest. Wow. Uh, he resigned last summer over allegedly inappropriate texts with a student. 
Wow. Wow. Holy shit. Uh, Clark was released from jail on a $25,000 bond and could face up to three years in prison. Let me find out. Um, so is just that power corrupts? Is that what it is? All right, religious people, I need your advice. What is it now? Is it that power corrupts or is it just that they playing y'all? That's well, that's kind of what I feel like. They it's just, all the scumbags are just like, oh, you know what I should do? I should become a priest because then I can do whatever the fuck I want. Oh, praise the Lord. These dumb motherfuckers in here. All right, whatever. Um, let's not get into it. Uh, damn. Holy shit. Throw, uh, f- fuck everything I just said. Just throw away that altar. Throw it away. There's no ritual that you can do. There's no fucking Wiccan fucking chant. None of that shit. That altar is done, son. Throw that shit away. Get the fuck out of here. Throw that shit away. Uh, shout out to my stepfather, Paul Reed, otherwise known as Pool Ray Ed. Um, he's sending me a great, he sent me a grip of stories for this episode, so... Uh, thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Uh, you are I know you're a very experienced uh, writer, editor, and I guess journalist as well, because you found some great fucking stories. Um, all right. So moving right along, let's go to New York City. I was born in New York City. Um, all right. All right. Let's see what, if it'll let me read the fucking story. Hello. Let me refresh that thing, thing right quick, quick. All right, New York City bride recounts being ditched at the altar by groom who claimed his Uber was late. Get the fuck out of here! Oh, fuck yeah. This dude is a gold medalist with the excuses. Golly! Uh, Impressive. Uh, A Brooklyn woman was devastated when her boyfriend of 10 years not only lied to her about paying for the wedding venue, damn, but on the day of the wedding didn't even bother to show up after leaving her hanging for hours. And he claimed his Uber was late. Nurse Sasha Aristide, 29 years old, was excited to marry her man. Office manager Kevin Hippolyte. Oh man, half his last name is hypocrite. What'd you expect? Hippolyte. Um, 30 years old. In October of 2018, the two got engaged in December 2017 and started planning the $20,000 wedding. $20,000 wedding makes me think of, um, it's this old Gaelic uh, poem that I loved when I was a kid and I always thought it was like super pertinent. It was, uh... Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, still rings true today. Such a, mm, such a well-crafted uh, piece of poetry right there. Uh, so yeah, $20,000 wedding, fuck all that noise. I mean, I got actually one of my oldest fucking closest friends over the years is about to spend money on a wedding. And he's my he's my one exclusion because he's doing it right. He's doing it smart. He's like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know who you are. You you get the pass. But a lot of other people do not need to fucking uh, be spending that money on a wedding for real. You know what I'm saying? Shit, if you're going to spend $20,000 on a wedding, you should be sure that the person that you're marrying is going to fucking show up. How about that? Uh, that's just, a, you know, just a wild guess. Just, you know, don't stress it. Um, Aristide said the first sign something wasn't right was a phone call from her florist on her big day. She told her story on the podcast Real Fix. I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I guess it's I guess it's a cross promo. We cross promo. Hey, Real Fix, you need to shout out my show now. Shit. Uh, she was talking about real people telling their stories. Oh, that's Real Fix. Uh, my florist called me and told me that the venue had not allowed her in to set up the flowers tight i called kevin and he told me he was running late i didn't worry because the ceremony wasn't until 5 p.m and we're probably always late to everything 
and we had a drinks reception before. But then at 1.30 p.m., one of the bridesmaids told me that her brother had called the venue asking for the address and he had been told that there was no wedding scheduled for today. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Alarm bells went off in my head. Aristide continued getting ready with her six bridesmaids and maid of honor who were all secretly going laughing behind her back like this dumbass bitch uh, in her Long Island hotel room before finding out the actual wedding venue had not received full payment. Died. <laughs> and they got pictures of this motherfucker. Damn, this is embarrassing. Shit, I would have gone through with the wedding just to avoid this story. This shit's in the New York Post. They got pictures of the couple. Ooh, are we going to post this picture? This is going to be tight. Uh, a frantic RSD day kept calling Hippolyte, Hippolyte, hypocrite, who kept insisting his Uber was late. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 baby, it's cool. It's all good, man. We got the, we got the spot. But no, it's just that my Uber is late is what it is. To the last minute, he said he was coming. He told me he was on his way. He, oh, why do I she, her voice got hella low there for a second. That's when she got serious. But then he kept lying the whole time. Aristide waited three hours <laughs> before realizing Hippolyte wasn't coming and breaking up with him. Uh, adding she was gaslit the entire time. She said, I had no clue whatsoever that he was not planning to show up or having cold feet. I spoke to him the night before. He literally said, I love you. I can't wait to marry you. We were talking the whole day. I realized at 2.30 p.m. and at that point, I didn't have any emotions. I was so numb and in fucking shock. She didn't say fucking, I just threw that in there. I felt like it was I was in a trance. To make matters worse, Hippolyte waited several weeks before reaching out to RSD Day. God damn! But to by which time, RSD Day was done. I had no intention of getting back with him. Anyone who would do that to you definitely does not love you or care about you. I cut off all connections with him. Oh man, so tight. So there you go, fellas. If you get into a relationship that you're you're nervous about and you're not 100% sure if you're comfortable in, just say you booked the venue, don't book it, and then say right up until the last minute, Uber's coming, and then never show up. That's it. Get the fuck out of here! That is your way out. Yes, get it. Fuck yeah. All right, let's uh let's move on. Let's move on. Where are we going here? We're going to Snapchat Highway. <laughs> a woman fell out of a car on a busy highway this week while filming a Snapchat video dangling outside the front passenger window, police reported. Now, if you were going to guess where this story was, I'd, I'd, I'd guess with you and we'd all guess wrong. <clears throat> because the last place I expected this video, I mean this uh, story to take place, was fucking England. Surrey, England at that. On Saturday, police in Surrey, England shared on Twitter that an unnamed woman was, quote, hanging out of the car while filming a Snapchat video along the M25, a major roadway south of London. The passenger then fell out of the car into a live lane, police wrote. It is only by luck she wasn't seriously injured or killed. The police also included a picture of the open passenger window where the woman had fallen from using the hashtag no words. <laughs> ah, this bitch fell out the car. Several users inquired on the post as to whether the woman had been arrested. According to Surrey police, there was, quote, no necessity to arrest. Because, yo, welcome to England, people. In America, you would have got a reckless driving. They would have fucked you up with something. You would have had to pay something. That's, you know what I mean? Fuck that. Meanwhile, over here, fucking Paddington Bear. The new arrests were made. And no, 
just, you know, uh, we can't just arrest people for fun. We have to have a necessity which we did not have for this. We knew who she was, where she lived. There would have been plenty of evidence, and no person or property was likely to be at any further risk. Though no arrests were made, officials said hopefully people will learn from the incident. Uh, there it is. So what did we learn? What did we learn today? Um, well, I listen to Recognizes podcast. It's pretty good. He's kind of funny. Um, you know, he's, he rambles a bit, but it's cool. But yeah, what did I learn? I, it's actually educational today. I learned that you probably shouldn't uh, try to record a Snapchat video hanging out of your car on the fucking highway. It, yeah, I know. It's not it's something that I wouldn't have thought of either. You know, it just makes a lot of sense now because I thought about I thought tomorrow I was going to actually do that on the way to lunch. But then I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to live today. I, think I'm, I don't think I'm going to die. And then if I am going to die, I'm going to die for something way better than a fucking Snapchat. All right. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Fucking exactly. Um, all right. Shout out to Nick Shafland for sending that one in. We appreciate you. Uh, that was a good one from the motherland. One I didn't see coming literally and figuratively. Um, oh man. All right. Those are some good stories to get us fucking warmed up. And you know, when we get warmed up where we go, I want to take you to a place where they might try to eat your face. Yay. Do you feel like gator bait? Cause it's time for get on the Florida. Okay, so I think you should use this idea for your Florida Florida segment and get the out out of here. So I came up with get on the Florida. Cause when the cops come arrest you with their handcuffs, they're like, get on the floor, so that they can put the handcuffs on. And since it's about Florida and all the crazy stuff that happens there, which is usually involved with the cops, so. Get on the Florida is Florida. And also, get on Florida. I mean, get on the floor. So I think you should use it because I'm smart. Get on the floor. <laughs> Everyone loves a fruit and nut bar. All right, baby, let's get it cracking. Uh, right from the fucking front pages of the Tampa Bay fucking Times. Uh, teen rescued from Pasco storm drain after climbing in to get his dropped cell phone this is like it chapter three you didn't hear about this one this is like when the kid gets like by the storm drain because he he lost his phone instead of his boat and then you think there might be like a demon you know possessed clown alien in the fucking sewer but not it's not that he just falls in um that's pretty much what happened in i guess this is tampa somewhere pasco um a teen got stuck in a storm drain in Pasco County Wednesday afternoon. Firefighters said they were called to the scene on Pemberton Drive in Newport Ritchie for a, quote, technical issue. No, technical, <laughs> fuck, technical rescue. A technical rescue. The teen had dropped their cell phone into a storm drain while walking home from the bus stop. Then they removed a manhole cover, climbed in, and got stuck. Goddamn! Sometimes it's just better left lost, no? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess, shit, I love my phone, so I might do the same thing. Firefighters arrived and helped the teen out of the drain. The teen was stuck for about an hour. Yes, longest hour of his fucking life. Uh, luckily, no one was injured. Firefighters were able to extricate the teen from the storm drain, clean them off, check the drain for hazardous gases. Hello. 
and turned the teens over to their parents. And their parents then said, we have failed. <laughs> we have fucking failed. Um, if one of my kids grows up to drop their phone in a storm drain and then go to retrieve it and then get stuck in the storm drain and have to be removed from firefighters after an hour of being stuck in the storm drain, I will have considered myself a fucking failure. All right. God damn. Um, oh, yes. The firefighters say they're thankful there were no injuries, although <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this kid's pride, if he's got any kind of a fucking brain in his head, is got to be at least slightly injured. But it's okay. It's a healable one. All right, that's a good warm-up story. Nothing too crazy. What else do we got? Get on the floor. <laughs> oh, let's go to Jacksonville. All right. Um, if you feel like... T everyone keeps being like, yeah, we're almost over the years. It's fucking over. It's like about to be so fucking over. It's like, we're right, like, right there. Can you believe it's fucking October already? Yes, motherfucker, I can. Because this year seemed long as shit. Where are all these people coming from that are like, yo, it's just like, I can't believe it's fucking October already. Motherfucker... March, March, pre-pandemic, when we went into our lockdown quarantine hell, or whatever you want to call it, that shit seems like fucking three years ago to me, all right? I don't know, man. I'm a live-in-the-moment kind of motherfucker, so that means I'd be soaking up the moment when I'm in it. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about the past. Well, I like to think about the past, but I'm mainly thinking about the moment, which is when the day is over, I don't go like, oh my god, where did the fucking day go? I fucking get to the end of the goddamn day, and I'm like... Man, that was a day. That was a fucking day of days. All right, shit. Uh, <clears throat> damn. Can you hear I'm not fully like 100% yet? I'm fucking, I'm, all right. Anyways, we're in Jacksonville. We're going to fucking fight the good fight together because we have to because 2020 is not done fucking with us. Now people in Jacksonville got to deal with fucking aggressive emus. That's right, emus. An emo was loose on the run Thursday afternoon near Cassie Road on the west side of Jacksonville. One witness said the emo was chasing people around Hammond and Cahoon. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission was called. Animal Control was also called to help wrangle the animal. And News 4 Jacksonville threw Sky 4 up in the air to get a better view of the chase and were able to see what happened next. Uh, crews were able to corral the large bird and, using nets, move it to a waiting trailer around 1 p.m. Uh, native to Australia, emus are the largest living bird after the ostrich and can reach up to nearly 100 pounds and a height of almost 6 fucking feet. They run fast and become quite aggressive. Um, <clears throat> they say they got like some video of the chase, but I see video of an emu just running around in someone's backyard, basically. But... Where the fuck do these things come from? What, like, why? I mean, they're not native to Jacksonville, Florida, are they? Is that like broke out of the zoo? Here's what I will say. When we went to South Africa last year, we did a safari. It wasn't the greatest safari. It was kind of a whack safari, actually. Like, it was like a reserve, and they had all the animals kind of just like separated, and it was like, one. here's our one elephant, and here's one lion, and it was just like, I thought we was going to be like, fuck, you know what I mean? I thought we was going to be out in the mix, and it, it felt a little bit too sterile. But <clears throat> anyway... On that uh, journey, the, the animal that we got really the closest to was an ostrich. And I, I didn't think, I didn't really think that an ostrich was going to be that, like, intimidating. But when this shit came up to us, this motherfucker was huge. He was, like, he was six or seven feet tall easily. And, he, like, the, the, the neck is so impressive and, like, how, like, precise they are with the movements that it's, it's like fucking, you know what I mean? It's like coming face to face with a raptor for real. Um, 
I was definitely more intimidated than I expected to be. I was I, like, when it came up, I was like, ah, ostrich, that's crazy. And then when he came up and he was like right in our face, I was like, yo, he could fuck us up right now. <laughs> All right. So if you see an emu in Florida, don't get close to it. Definitely don't try to fuck it. Remember, we've covered that before. Uh, don't try to fuck it. Don't try to befriend it because emus apparently, they're not fucking around. They're they're out for blood. They're out for 2020 blood. All right. Get on the floor. <laughs> All right, in fucking sports news, um, Florida Gators coach Dan Mullen was given several more chances on Monday to clarify any confusion regarding his comments about wanting to pack 90,000 college football fans inside the Ben Hill Griffin Stadium during uh, this little thing that you may have heard of. It's uh, called the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, you might be familiar with it. Um Every chance that he got to clarify his statement, he fucking declined, brushing aside any criticism and insisting he's focused on defeating the defending national champion, LSU. The state of Florida has recorded more than 736,000 cases of COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic and just over 15,400 deaths from the virus. Mullen was asked on Monday whether he had any discussions with his boss, athletic director Scott Strickland, about his comments following Saturday's loss to Texas A&M when he said he wanted to see his team's home stadium packed with fans. And he said, quote, no, I've been worried about trying to beat LSU. For some reason, I picture him. He's like the coach in uh, Waterboy. Hey, Waterboy. Um, he was also asked if he had talked to school president Kevin Fux. Oh, no, Kent Fux. Yeah, hey, what's up, baby? Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I saw you on my Tinder profile, and I, had, I just had to invite you here to Carabas tonight, and I'm so happy you came. Yeah, no, well, well a little bit about me. Well, uh, you know my name's Kent already. Um, last name's Fux. Yeah, you know, what? What? Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really pronounced Fuchs, but I think people, like, they mess the spelling up, so I just say Fux. Shout out to Kent Fux, yo. Man, some people get all the luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man can you imagine me ken fuchs in school like oh man that must have been rough uh mullen replied he's been preparing for lsu but i mean i'll be honest i think if you look at what we've been able to do the safety precautions we have that our players have followed our coaches follow our staff follows you know i think we're a model of safety of what we've been doing during this time period so I'm really proud of how we've handled everything and how safe we've been with everything we're doing and all the precautions we've had in place during this time. He was then asked if he understands the consequences of having tens of thousands of people with or without masks in cramped quarters for four hours. He replied, I think Texas A&M, actually, they created a great atmosphere at the game, created an exciting atmosphere, you know. I thought they did a great job of doing that. I haven't talked to people because I've been really focused on trying to beat LSU. Uh, you know what I mean? But, you know, whatever our government officials all say and what everybody does for the game, what, what, what do we need to do is however many people they allow into the stadium. You know, I've just been really focused on trying to beat LSU. <laughs> I added that one in. We need to try and work as hard as we can, all the Gator fans and all of us, to create the best game day atmosphere that we can. Uh, Mullen raised eyebrows Saturday by calling for fans to pack the swamp for Saturday's game against the Tigers. State reopening guidelines under Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis have allowed for full stadiums since last month. I don't know about any of y'all, but I have not been in any full stadiums. Fuck that. Fuck that noise. Um, 
Anyway, so this dude wants to put more people in the fucking seats, baby. Florida Gators. Anybody want to go to a Gators game? They're trying to pack 90,000 of you motherfuckers into one spot. Good luck with all of that. Get on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Let's do one more. Where are we going? We're going driverless boat in Florida spins out of control, smashing docks along Atlantic coast. Mm, okay. Now, do you think these guys were trying to do a Snapchat on the boat? Is that what happened? Are we, is this another Snapchat situation? We'll fucking find out. We're going to Port St. Lucie, the home of nothing good. Three men conducting a photo shoot on a boat in a busy Florida river somehow went overboard, leaving the 24-foot vessel unmanned and out of fucking control. The three men told deputies that they accidentally fell into the St. Lucie River. All three of them accidentally fell in? How does that happen? You sure this wasn't Snapchat? Come clean, you motherfuckers. You'll fail the polygraph. We want to know, was it a Snapchat fucking incident or what? Uh, the three men told deputies they accidentally fell into the St. Lucie River along Florida's Atlantic coast on Saturday, leaving the boat unmanned. It circled around the men numerous times as if it was going to fuck them up. Uh, and then forcing them uh, to dive underwater so it wouldn't run them over. The boat then straightened out, hit a concrete dock, went airborne, and hit a second dock before coming to a complete stop. They've got video of it. Pretty fucking cool crash. Uh, the men were able to swim to a nearby sailboat. One had a minor injury. Nothing major. And an investigation into the cause has been turned over to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat. Please let it be Snapchat. Um, all right, just another day in Florida, folks. Over in Point St. Lucie, three men fall off a boat, and the boat just fucks up a whole dock, crashes into a second one. They're lucky that nothing more major happened. No, like, injuries, didn't hit anybody, didn't, like, really do any serious property damage. They are very lucky. Let's just say that. But uh, if um, we're going to have to keep our eyes on this one. All my fucking sleuths in the game. If you want to keep an eye on this one, Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat. Please let it be Snapchat. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. That was Get On to Florida. I hope you guys enjoyed your Floridian excursion. It's nice and hot down here. I know that some of y'all are starting to get into your falls and your winters and all that. And I just want to say, hey, that's fucking cute. Because down here, it's fucking 100 degrees. Um, all right, so get on to Florida. Let's keep it moving. Uh, I, I know there's been a void in your life like there has been mine. And uh, it's because it's fucking spenseless. I don't like spenseless voids in my life, all right? I need my fucking void to be filled with spence. Wait a second. <laughs> Let me get a stand for that. Get the fuck out of here. I was just kidding. You know what I meant. Or did you? No, uh, but yeah, we've we've been missing out on a little something. And uh, he's got a special little something for us this week. A nice 10-year retrospective look back on uh, my first full-length album with Mayday, Stuck on an Island. It's time for a little of My Two Spence. You'll recognize it. It's uh, Spencer here. It's biggest fan. Uh, I've seen every single episode of the podcast. Hey, recognize Spencer here. A long-time caller. I've been calling him for years. My two spins It's my two spins My two spins Oh, you got an opinion? Oh, you can't have it Cause it's my two spins Spins, yeah 
everyone. Welcome back. Uh, took a few weeks off. I was actually just separately planning on taking a few weeks off, and then Rec also took a few weeks off, so it actually seems like I didn't take any weeks off, which I guess works out well for me. Uh, so uh, this week, um, Stuck on an Island turns 10 years old, so we're celebrating, um, and we're gonna revisit uh, Stuck on an Island. Um, I'm not gonna do like a thorough review or anything, but I just wanted to um, discuss it a little bit. Uh, mostly, you know, for the people out there who haven't heard Stuck on an Island and are like, oh shit, like, yeah, I should go check that out. I can maybe give you some starting points. Um, so for me, you know, Stuck on an Island um, is pretty, pretty front-loaded. Um, the first, the first like handful of songs definitely has the most replay value to me. Um, in the middle, uh, you know, songs like On to Something, Worst Case Scenario, um, they get played a little bit in rotation. Make a Living towards the end is great. Um, for, you know, it's really interesting to go back with a hindsight and uh, view this album because you really see all the fundamental components of Mayday, if you will. Um, and it's really just kind of interesting to, to kind of pick it apart and see, uh, like, oh, this, this will evolve into what we know of Mayday now. Um, it, it, if you listen to it, maybe you'll get what I mean more. It's hard to explain, but basically um, the sound style of Mayday is just so so rooted and fundamental um, to, to Stuck on an Island. Um, and man, that Plux production, man. I know you hear it all the time, but I just miss Plux, man. He just fucking... Just God, like, just everything he touches is so good. Um, and yeah, he did, like, almost this entire album pretty much, right? So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's really good. Uh, Rec has some of my favorite verses on it. I mean, like, every single Rec verse on this thing is just on point. Um, but some of my favorite verses, for sure, are on the song Stuck on an Island um, in Freak Show. You got some, you got a great verse on that um, with the whole, I wake up on a rock that spins like hands on a battered clock, insomniac who'd rather watch his tattered watch turn after thoughts. Like, oh my god. Um... And then you have, like, got a black box inside my head. If I show up dead, break the padlock. Which is kind of a cool rhyme scheme, but also just, I don't know, an interesting thought. Um, and yeah, I loved uh, your stuff on Make a Living. Um, yeah, overall, you know, it's it's not, you know, one of my top Mayday albums or anything like that. But um, it is, it's it's fundamental Mayday, you know. It's, it's foundational stuff. Um, and yeah, it's interesting to go back... Uh, 10 years after the fact and go back through it and and just kind of I don't know have a different different lens for it um yeah I don't know uh Rec what was uh what was some things you want to talk about on this album what's uh what's one thing you would like to change on this album if you could have gone back uh you know with 10 year hindsight what's something you'd want to change on the album um I'd like to know, it's kind of a breakdown, so I don't know if you're doing that, but uh, I'd, I'd like a little bit of a breakdown on the song Stuck on an Island um, and kind of what that song means to you guys. I feel like there's a lot of different interpretations, um, and I think the overall like idea of it and of the album in general seems to be one that you guys like to like call back to, um, so I think it'd be interesting to uh, to hear a little bit more about that. Anyway, um, that's pretty much it. Keeping it short on this one. Uh, go check out Stuck on an Island if you haven't heard it. Um, happy 10 years.
Yeah, thank you, Spence. Appreciate that. Yes, Stuck on an Island, which is made a sophomore album, but the first album that I was uh, fully a part of. Uh, Stuck on an Island turned 10 years old yesterday, Monday, October the 12th. Uh, it dropped in 2010. And yeah, man, it's uh, a lot of fun making that album. It was like when we really started to like cut our teeth and get together and like really like, you know, vibe out with like the new tools that we had added to the group because Mayday was just a two man group in the beginning with Burns and Plex on that first album. And they knew they wanted to expand the sound. So they offered me a slot in the group as a vocalist. And then um, and then they brought in Gianni Cash. They brought in LT Hopkins on the drums and then brought in Anonymous for the percussion. So, uh, you know, it was right around the time we were kind of assembling all the pieces. I think Noms told me last night he got he got into the mix like halfway through the album. So he did make it onto some out tracks on that album. Uh, but yeah, it was just, you know, it was kind of like that during that period where we were really forming the like Voltron that came together to get us signed to Strange Music. So um it, it was dope man it was it was just i love that album and listening to it last night on the mayday live stream if you if you didn't get to catch it last night on uh, on monday night if you didn't get to catch the stream uh it's still replaying you can go to youtube.com forward slash mayday tv or just search mayday tv on uh, youtube and you can watch it we, we got like a little two-hour live stream event where we play through the album watch videos talk about you know the history of the records and some of our memories of it and it was a lot of fun man um i'm normally always the nostalgic one i like to look back a lot um and just it helps me gain perspective on where i'm at and it just it's something i like to do whereas like when i first linked up with burn and plex they were not about that life at all they were just not interested in waxing poetic about the past and like they just like to keep it moving and go and do the next thing you know whereas like i'm a little bit sentimental like that so i love that kind of shit but i was impressed uh, like i thought burns and noms really enjoyed the process too and it was a nice like revisit and it's also nice to look back on your catalog to see things that you might have stopped doing that you did like doing and just you know it was a, it was a natural evolution but maybe it's time to bring some of that back so i i feel like we all got a nice lesson in that you know um something that we would have changed for that album i don't really have any major issues with it personally me i know we like we were making jokes on the stream last night that like the music is very long some of the songs continue on when you think they're done i'm i don't feel that way personally like i get it some of the songs have the, like mad outros and different vibes but i like that kind of shit it keeps me guessing i don't i we were very um conscious back then that we didn't want to do the normal format we don't want to go like verse hook verse hook verse hook. we wanted to like mix it up purposely especially because the formats in hip-hop had become so fucking mundane and so re like repetitive that we were really trying to break out of that mold so sometimes we're, we're just doing it to just on purpose to like get out of the same format the same loop but i wasn't mad at that man i like it it just it gets it makes for a good ride you know um and we were having debates yesterday as well on the stream about whether or not uh you know the music feels long now because the average song length has shrunk down so many people now are doing shorter songs and i'm, I'm not really i'm not really one way or the other on that like when i'm listening to a song if i like it i'm cool with like the length if it's short longer the hey fuck it most of the time i'm cool with that you know there is such thing as a perfect length but sometimes like i don't think shorter is always better that's me personally but yeah i personally when i hear this album i like um i would like to maybe uh change the mix a little bit on the album i would like to 
have it remixed at some point one maybe we'll do the 15 year anniversary we'll do a remix for it i would like to remix it and re-release it uh with a little bit more balance and thump and the vocals to be produced a little bit better eq'd a little bit better that's my personal critique i think like we it doesn't it doesn't uh, like sonically doesn't sound as good as i want it to sound uh but other than that I, I fuck with it and i i stand behind that body of work and i I vibe with it, you know. I like it. It's just, and I just, I, I think about listening to it last night. Really broke it down for me. Like I, I'm very, I had very vivid memories of working, like pressing buttons, doing drum arrangements, arranging the tracks with Burns after like Plex had given us the beats. Like, it just, yeah, man. I just have vivid memories of making that record. So, um, it's a special one for me. And it was very nice to celebrate the 10 year anniversary. We made everything on the Mayday Music uh, back catalog shop, including the hard uh, CD copies of Stuck on an Island. 50% off for the next I think, week. So if you go to the MaydayShop.com, you can get any of the old uh, throwback Mayday stuff. We have some gear on there. We have the CDs, uh, mixtapes, all that shit for, for half off. Uh, so jump on there. All you got to do is throw the stuff in your cart and it'll automatically discount. And then we also announced we're going to do a Mayday vinyl. Finally. Stuck on an Island is going to vinyl. So we're going to launch a pre-order in the near future for that. And uh, yeah, man, it's going to be dope. So it was a very nice revisit. I had another breakdown lined up, but you know what? Fuck it. Since it is the anniversary, uh, anyone who left me a breakdown these last couple weeks, I got you covered. They'll be on the next few shows. But since Spence mentioned it tonight, let's just break down Stuck on an Island one time.
down the shore, bonfire in the sand. Besides this little rock, I can see no other land. I've been talking with the shade, who's a slave to the sun. Trapped in this cage by the time the day's begun. I've been climbing up trees, green leaves, yes please. Give me earth, give me dirt, moonshine, give me weed. This little island's all I need to resurrect the headbang boogie, make them bleed. I've been lord of the flies since the shore minimized and the water would rise from us. Warm in the tide, it's been doomsday. And I've been Dr. Moreau, 2012, and the first stop's hell, here we go. I used to love the city life, carnivore core, kicking carbon monoxide, kids, car doors, but this ain't no sock hop, so when the bombs drop, call me John Locke, I kick it non-stop. Yeah, man, we used to do that live and it was so good live. It was like such a fucking vibe when we did it. And we were also talking about that last night, how it was also like so aggressive, such a like fucking when that song went off, it was like you either had to be ready for it or you were tried. You it took you the whole song to figure out what the fuck was going on. Um, yeah, and I was like, I was always a little unsure about that one because it was so crazy. You know what I mean? It took me a while to get on board with that one personally because the beat was just so fucking out there and so it was loud and like bro they should play that movie that shit in like one of those raid movies or something like a prison break movie or something it's just so frantic and so frenetic um but yeah it's grown on me over the years and i do like it and um i love the vibe and the energy behind it and us just like playing it my memories of us playing it live is just fucking intense um but yeah i mean um really the way that the whole concept of that song and the album in general started was that we felt we've been making good music for a while but it was so hard for us to get our music outside of miami outside of florida that we just felt like at the bottom of the fucking us we were here on this little island even though we're connected to the states it just felt like we were so separate from the game so separate from the industry and they weren't really like giving us our due and we were like yo it's like we're down here just stuck on this island you know what i mean so let's just run with that shit here we are we are these dudes we're fucking lords of the fly we we out here we surviving and we making dope shit and y'all don't even know about us we're just like off in this fucking cut down here so that was really the the attitude behind the whole record where that's how we felt and we were like committing to that and stuck on an island is the energy behind that because we were at that time at a very frantic pace we wanted to get out there we wanted to get a placement we wanted to get signed we wanted to fucking get our music out there we wanted to blow up and we, we were doing it all at that pace you know it was fucking dum, 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 dum. we were moving you know um so that was really the energy behind stuck on an island and then of course we just ran with the, the metaphor of the island and you know and really like took it there where like my verse on that song is like just basically like puns and metaphors about fucking islands and shit they got to do with islands and fucking lost and you know what i mean so i just ran with that that vibe but the whole energy and the, the original intention was that you know just how we felt separate from the game and that album is crazy how like that fire like that fired up shot is what got our music into the hands of strange music and uh dave weiner tech nine and travis all loved the music and then they saw our live show and set up for us to uh, open up for tech 
and we got rave reviews on our live show which really solidified the deal and then a few months later tech nine saw us in a fucking t-pain video um which he at the time he didn't know what we were doing there and he fucking called up travis and was like yo we got to sign those mayday dudes man somebody's gonna grab them like they're in the t-pain rick ross video we need to fucking somebody's gonna get them so they hollered at us and the rest is fucking history <laughs> um so yeah man stuck on an island such a good look back uh if you haven't heard the album before bring it up on your favorite streaming platform and bump that shit one time and let me know what you think um uh, thank you for the retrospective spence appreciate that and the breakdown request uh, it, was, it was good it was only right that we did a stuck on an island themed breakdown this week um all right so we're officially back no more breaks, all right? Let's 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 take very little breaks. Uh, I'm planning to try and drive this show weekly through the rest of the year. Um, and then I think maybe the last two weeks of the year, uh, I might uh, break for the show. And then my plan is to do a revamp and come back for season two. And season two is going to be fucking phenomenal. Fucking crazier. Bigger. Bigger fucks. All right. So, yeah, that's the plan. But we're going to do some cool shit before I wrap this year up. And, you know, obviously, I'm not I'm not trying to be like those people. Huh? Can you believe it's fucking October already? Oh, my God. And fucking the year is almost over. I don't want to, like, you know, count our 2020 chickens before they hatch. So, whatever. I'm just looking into the future with you guys. But anyways, I'm happy to be back. Uh, before we get out of here, let's take a few lines and see who's out there. If you want to drop a line for a future episode, go ahead and look at the link in your show description, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the GTFOH podcast forward slash message message. Um, and you can go ahead and send us there. Or if you want to, you can also drop us a line at the GTFOH podcast at gmail.com. You can send me a voice message there, or you can send me a, fucking send me an email. You know what I mean? I'll read your email out old school style. Um, so if you guys want to send us some text mail, you can do that now too. We're opening up the fucking channels for that. Um, so, all right. So before we get out of here, let's see who's out here on the lines. Hey, Rick, it's Justin, longtime fan, first-time caller, fairly recent listener. Just found your podcast last week and caught up on all your episodes in like six days. Um, I just heard the song uh, A Man Under the Bridge again, and I don't think it needs a full breakdown, but I was just curious if you could give us any more information on it. Um, it's a really easy, straight forward song to understand and i really love the message i just was interested in the man that you uh recorded if you recorded him or what the story was anyway anything uh would be great let us know uh just keep doing what you're doing see you hey justin thank you for fucking dropping me a line bro i appreciate that um that's the shit i appreciate you fucking checking out the show and shit if you were able to binge the show in six days that 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 gives me hope that, that makes me inspired that the show is not terrible because uh anybody could listen to something for every you know once a week and be like yeah it's cool but when you gotta like really power through it that means you really enjoy it for real and that gives me confidence as a fucking young young budding podcaster 
Uh, so thank you for that, bro. I appreciate that. Um, as far as the man under the bridge, it uh, there's multiple stories that inspired that song. Uh, one was I was very young when my dad moved to New York after my parents split up. He moved to New York when I was like six or seven. And when he was there, we encountered a lot of like, um, we encountered a lot of homeless people and I was just seeing how my dad would react to them and how people on the streets in New York reacted to them. It was like that time I didn't remember seeing a lot of homeless people in Florida. So... I mean, I'm sure there was, but I just didn't notice them at that age. But then when we were in New York, they're hard to not notice. And, you know, we'd see people that were blind, that were selling like pencils. And then I'd see we'd see people that had kids that were on the street, like using their kids to panhandle. And that's when my dad would really like throw something down on that because he always felt so bad for the kids. Um, and you'd see people hustling, doing like, you know what I mean? You just see so many different examples. So I, I, I like... I was very like uh, taken by it when I would go to New York to see my dad. And then um, later on in life, um, my brother became, was living on the streets for a while and became homeless. And um, he voluntarily decided he didn't want to like have a, you know, live anywhere at the time. And he just was like on the streets for real and in shelters. And it was a fucked up time for my family. And it also made me look at the homelessness situation in a different light and with a little bit more, you know, it's 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 easier to like think of it a certain way when you don't know anyone that's been through it. But then when you know somebody, shit, somebody let alone that's in your family that's been through it, lived on the streets, um, you know, you 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 look at it in a totally different light as well. And and really, I've had times on both sides of the spectrum. I've had times where I felt bad and I've given money and I I was like very sympathetic to someone's you know struggle that's on the streets. And then I've had times when I'm like, yo, man, fuck all that shit. You look able-bodied as hell. Like, what is it that's, you know, what it is, like, how fucked up do you have to get or be to, like, get to a place where you shun everyone in your family or fuck people over? And then when you turn around and no one helps you and your, your life falls apart, you know what I mean? I, I, I And then I've been cold and, like, judgmental or whatever. So it's really the song, I, it was my way of, like, saying that, like, I... I I teeter on the that subject and like I want to I really want to be the person that sympathizes with my fellow human man but there's moments when I I go the other way and I think it's it's like a unreasonable and kind of like a it's it's like un inhumane in a way to it sounds weird to say this but it's inhumane to be expected to be one way you know i feel like you should be able to feel if you're a balanced human being a functioning member of society you should kind of teeter on that on that because you you shouldn't be a total shithead and feel nothing and feel no sensitivity for people that have to live on the streets but at the same time you shouldn't just i i, I don't feel that that you know what if somebody like what what are the chain of events that got somebody to that place you know and now that doesn't mean i think like yo go through the streets and rid the homeless and get them out of my neighborhood like i'm not like that they're still humans of course my thing is like it's just about like the you know the cause and effect of all that shit so I really wanted to do a record that was like, hey, look, like this is me. Um, I got inspired for the actual like man under the bridge. Um, there's when I drive from my house to the Mayday studio, there's a bridge off under the highway that I would always come across uh, this one particular homeless guy. And 
he was not the kind of like there's a few that i see in the neighborhood that i just i talk to and i'll just say yo what up how you feeling man you, you're hanging in there yeah i feel you know i sorry i ain't got nothing for you today you know that kind of shit but then this one dude was never he we never conversed but he looked so intense like he'd been through some shit i don't know if he was all the way there mentally or what but i would think of his situation and like because just the look of him just like brought up so many questions that I, I thought about him when I would drive by and be like, what the fuck happened to this dude, you know? Um, and yeah, so that was the, the, the guy that specifically inspired the song. But then I had all these thoughts from before and had the experience of, you know, a few years back with my brother that really like made me want to talk about it to just say, you know, this is um, something I think we should think about and something that, you know, as a society and as a tribe, we should be worried about this. And I, I also don't know how I feel about it all the time. Sometimes I'm to the left and sometimes I'm to the right and and in between even sometimes. So it's just like that song is my way of kind of posing those questions to, to myself and to anyone who's listening, you know. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I got contacted by... Um, someone who runs a nonprofit called change maker chocolates where they sell like um chocolates on ig um and it, the proceeds go to the homeless and i've been meaning to get on a call with him to like see if we could set something up and do some sort of like cross promo collab so i just wanted to shout him out on the show because i haven't uh been able to link with him yet but um but yeah man it's uh it's an important record and it, it's for me and i didn't know how it was gonna fit in the whole grand scheme of the album but uh, it's one of the like it's in the latter half of the album now and I feel like it, it's the latter half of the album is heavy and definitely has a few like points where I want to get up on my podium and the man under the bridge is one of those you know one of those spots so um, I hope that cleared it up it kind of was like a full breakdown for real. I just didn't play the song <laughs> uh, but the man under the bridge is out there streaming now on Meridian 1 it'll soon be part of the whole pressure point album that's where you're going to find it pressure point um and thank you justin for the kind of breakdown request <laughs> uh all right how about we do one more line because i i feel like i'm missing something yo homie i'm always a little surprised when a breakdown request comes on or when you play a track from your back catalog during the friday night lives and you always comment that you haven't heard it forever you also be also seem to be genuinely surprised by how good the music is i guess it makes sense when you were creating these tracks you went over them hundreds of times. You probably got tired of them. So not listening to them on the regular, I can kind of understand that, I guess. Still, your catalog is strong and deep. Is there a song that you've done that's in your ear from time to time? Not including Pressure Point and the new Mayday, of course. Just wanted to say, keep killing it in KC and keep reminding Strange who the real MVP is. Gagne out. Yeah, Denny Gagne, the stat man, a.k.a. a fucking dose of positivity, a.k.a. my next therapist <laughs> or my next pep talk coach. Um, thank you, as, as as always, for the fucking dose of positivity. Shit, I think I'm actually recording this show on your fucking birthday. So happy birthday to Denny Gagne. All right, one time French for win. Um, yeah, we do have a lot of songs in our catalog. Somebody asked me on Twitter today about like my favorite tracks, and it was very hard for me to dice that up, but I was it's so fucking hard. But uh, I did come up with a five, um, which I think off the top of my head was Shortcuts and Dead Ends, Against My Better Judgment, June, 
Through the Rain and One Foot in the Grave, I think, um, are some of my like ones that I just like can play at any time for anybody to like say this is what I do. Um, and I'm proud of those records, super proud of those records. But uh, yeah, I, um, I think, uh, man, well, thank you, basically, because that was a nice, very nice compliment. But yeah, we, we try not to get too caught up in the you know in the whole catalog of it we're just working you know so it's nice to uh go back and listen to songs just to kind of remind you of what like what you've learned and you know you know what you've like what skills you've acquired along the way but um if there's any songs that i do like listen to from my catalog regularly uh it's probably some of those ones that i just mentioned um through the rain you know i also listen to like the most recent album quite frequently i'll like whatever the last album was that i put out i'll like to listen to that just to see like if somebody looks me up and listens to my most recent shit what are they getting what are they hearing you know and and do i feel like it's strong still or do i feel like i gotta come better i gotta come harder on the next fucking go you know so yeah it's just a constant work in progress you know but um i think after a while you've heard the song so many times that you don't yeah you don't revisit it again for a while until you can revisit it like we just did with stuck on an island and it's it's fresh and feels new but you still remember all these weird i remembered so many minor details about making the stuck on an island music that it would blow your mind but at the same time i haven't listened to those songs in years you know but i could still remember like oh I, I did that drum part when i dropped down the drum we i remember programming some of that shit so it's just like it's crazy how the memory is and how like some of it is hazy but some of it is clear as fucking day um but yeah happy birthday denny we appreciate you send love to your family your beautiful daughters and your awesome wife who puts up with you uh you know being an active member of the wrecking crew send our love to her please and thank you uh and i hope you had a great birthday happy birthday thank you for the positivity thank you for keeping stats on this wild ride we're taking um and thank you to every one of y'all for fucking coming back you could have forgotten the show two weeks for two weeks you could have been like no i think i used to listen to something on wednesdays now i don't fucking remember what it is oh well fuck it binge watch some new shit on netflix uh so thank you for returning i appreciate you guys um i wouldn't be shit without y'all uh so that's it for this week that's it for episode 32 in the can i'll see you guys next week for another round uh, i mean don't, we didn't need a break to know that it's time to hear the motherfucking song it's that time again We gotta say goodnight You know it's getting late Tomorrow is another day My friend All right, people Time to go home. Yep. Losing time. We're ready to head on out. So let's go. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Now you're making me mad. You're gonna make me swear. Get, Get the fuck out. Here. Finish up that beer You might as well call it a night, my friend You're gonna have to Get the fuck out! You heard me Get 
Arrivederci, sayonara. Get the fuck out. Ciao. Good night. Bye-bye. So long. Farewell. Get See you later, out. alligator. In a wild crocodile. Say good night. Get the fuck out. The GTFOH Podcast. Learn more at the GTFOHpodcast.com. Just what the world needed one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Get out of here. Get out of here.